Hey, this is Shannon Kay, and you're listening to Get Real. Hey, everyone, this is Shannon Kay, and welcome to Get Real. Our guest for today is an amazing Bollywood singer. He is known for his melodic voice along with his contagious smile. He has sung in multiple languages and has appeared as a judge in many musical reality shows. Please welcome Bollywood playback singer, Sean. Hi. Love the introduction to that, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And I, it's called Get Real. So, okay, let's get real, let's get started. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I know it's early in the morning. How are you feeling? <laughs> I know generally around 1030 is a good time for me, but uh, I just had a bit of a late night telly watching situation. I was watching a, a, you know, a show for pretty late last night, so I got a little carried away. So, um, but yeah, I'm all, I'm all awake now, all ready for this wonderful podcast. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I wanted to get started right from the very beginning and I wanted to know, how did you first get into music? Like what inspired you to get into music? Were you, was this like a childhood dream for you or was this like a passion that you kind of grew gradually, you know, as you grew up? Actually, I grew up in a family where music was the only thing that the family did for two generations until I I, I showed up. And, uh, you know, my, my father, uh, Srivanas Mukherjee, he was a wonderful, brilliant uh, composer, singer. In Bengali, he's written a lot of songs also as a lyricist. And uh, he was a complete musician. I mean, when he'd have a song, he'd even arrange the song, even conduct the song at the, you know, uh, in the studios, you know, then it was all about live music then. So... So he was multi-skilled and he was, he, he was a, I mean, if I could say that myself, he was a musical genius. Actually, there's that little, there's that photograph. This is my studio and oh. the photograph in the corner, that's him. I lost him very early though, but uh, I mean, you know, he was, he was just 43, I just turned 14. Uh, but my grandfather too, uh, you know, uh, was brilliant with his music and uh, though he didn't do film music, but uh, you know, he, he, he he excelled in a in a, a music form called Shama Shongit, which is which is again very 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 popular among uh, Bengali uh, listeners. And and so when I grew up, I really didn't know. Uh, I thought singing or music was something that you know, like you cycle or you or you fly a kite. <laughs> it is probably easier than flying a kite because I was I was you know kind of it was all that was happening in the house. So, but later as I grew up, I realized that, you know, it's not something that's very stable. You're not always going to be, you know, successful. It's not going to work uh, for someone if it did uh, work for someone else. So uh, I started looking at doing other things that kind of made up my mind that this is the one thing that I will not be, uh, I will not be a singer or a, you know, musician. And so I, I, I dabbled in other ideas, but I think uh, music chose me eventually. And uh, and uh, before I knew it, I was already being offered to sing, and you know things just became so much easier. And and also the time was such that you know because I'd lost my dad earlier, I had to come up with something. I had to, I had to you know sort of um, financially be more stable. So uh, so I I took up other jobs. I did uh, a little business that I'd started, which is doing quite well. But in the meanwhile, as the music singing offers came, uh, you know, singing for jingles or sing. Uh, I realized that uh, this is almost, uh, you know, it was meant to be. So I gave in finally. 
Oh, well, I'm so glad you did. Because <laughs> we would <laughs> never be able to hear such a beautiful voice. I honestly am a huge fan and I love all your music and your voice. So. Yeah, I can say that same for you, Shannon. You you have your own unique style of singing, and uh, you're wonderful. And keep doing what you're doing. You're a brilliant singer. Thank you so much. Well, I wanted to know, you know, how you kind of like broke into the industry. Um, you know, was it really hard for you, even at that time? I mean, it's always really hard to break into the industry, whether you're an actor or a singer. So, did you go through any hardships, or was there a moment where you felt like giving up? Um, because, you know, after so many trials and errors, um, you know, did you kind of like, did you have your family's support, obviously, you know, to kind of like encourage you and motivate you to keep pursuing your dreams? No, you know, it's a very, very pertinent question. And most, uh, most people, when they take up singing, it's, it's something that is not a traditional uh, decision, so to say. But for me, it was a traditional decision, actually. It was... Uh, uh, you know, my mother also used to sing in uh, in 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 chorus. She's she's been there in a lot of the backing vocals where your dad has been. You know, the 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 front singer. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So you know, we've been a part of the industry. Growing up in Mumbai makes it so much easier for a lot of artists who come in from another city just to you know find housing, lodging, boarding. Just all those basic things become such a challenge. But then being in Mumbai, having uh, you know your family in the in the field in the mu in the music industry. Though my father didn't. Uh, you know, he wasn't a um, very successful composer, but the credibility was there. People knew that, oh, wow, Manas Mukherjee ke bete ho. you know, you must be, uh, you must be something, you must be good. So, um, uh, you know, you can't be that bad. So mm -hmm. the doors opened up easy for me. And uh, also, I think uh, uh, somehow, you know, that phase when I came in to sing for Hindi films or even before that, the whole indie pop uh, sort of uh, phase, it, it really worked for me because growing up in Bandra, I was exposed to a lot of uh, Western music and uh, Western styles of singing. So I could change that little, you know, I had a unique uh, approach to uh, singing at that point, mm -hmm. considering mostly people had a certain way, a certain style of singing. I brought in that little Western element, that a little bit of a pop uh, uh, sort of nuance to my singing. Which, uh, which helped because by then, you know, even the movie songs were moving more towards urban kind of stuff. So I think it was just like some, some divine intervention <laughs> and it became pretty easy. There was hardly a day where I felt like, what the heck am I doing? Everything was just like a dream. Everything just fell in place. And I started, uh, you know, things just, I just went with the flow and, and the flow took me to the right places. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I feel like things just, you know, fell in the right places for you. And, you know, you lent your amazing voice to so many Bollywood actors in, you know, such great movies. Um, but what, which actor in particular do you think your voice fits best? Uh, initially, when I just started off, uh, you know, uh, this was still something that one would think of, you know, that if an actor's voice, uh, you know, if, you, if your voice as a singer matches with the actors or having a hero-friendly voice, as they used mm -hmm. to call it. Uh, so at that point, I think uh, like I sang a lot of songs for Abhishek, Abhishek Bachchan. I sang a lot of songs for Saif Ali Khan, and uh, a whole lot of new actors. I, I I probably sang the most number of songs for debutant actors. <laughs> Every actor that had his first film, right from uh, Arjun Rampal to Dino Moria, of course, to uh, Ritesh Deshmukh to uh, Zahid Khan. I mean, it's it's a very very long list of. Uh, uh, 
uh, first time actors that I sang for. But uh, I think, uh, honestly, Shannon, you know, I like I told you, I hadn't really planned this whole thing. So I didn't train myself too well initially. I didn't, you know, learn my classical, nor did I do any formal uh, sense of understanding of the voice. I just sang instinctively. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I regret it. I wish I had taken it more seriously and, you know, learned. But luckily for me, things again fell in place with that. And I found myself, my Guruji, a little late in life, but at age 30, I, I started learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, even that uh, timed really well because that's when the work really came on. And I realized that I lack a certain vocal discipline, which I started working with. And then that that kind of helped me sustain uh, my voice over over all these years. Mm-hmm. So as a musician, you know, and as an artist, I mean, we all kind of take care of our voices. You know, uh, dad makes sure that I'm not drinking cold beverages, not eating ice cream. You know, <laughs> So is there anything that you do uh, to keep your, you know, throat and voice like intact and young and fresh? Um, uh, honestly, I, I haven't really been very kind to my voice. <laughs> and I've also realized very early in life that if you, if you put in too much, if you condition your voice uh, and, and keep it very, you know, sort of safe, you know, just say, you don't eat parhez, don't eat it, don't the voice gets pampered. Once the voice is pampered and spoiled, <laughs> it gets spoiled. <laughs> so uh, I, I really don't have any uh, do not do's. But of course, when I know that I have to sing to rest, my voice is very important. So I try and get as much uh, rest. I try and keep uh, stress. Uh, I mean, I, you can't do this uh, like on purpose, but luckily for me, uh, things don't stress me out so much. I mean, you know, uh, so uh, stress creates a lot of issues with the voice. If, if you have a lot of, you know, uh, sort of uh, like burdens and mental situations and, you know, you're getting upset easily or... Uh, it affects the voice. That's what I've felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I don't have that situation so much. Uh, but yeah, having said that, when you know something is not uh, helping your voice, doing it is like being self-destructive. So um, luckily for me, I don't have too many allergies. So it's not such an issue. But I know that if I if I need my voice in good shape, I need to be well-rested. That's the only thing. If I'm well-rested, then it's all good. And of course, Riaz, you wake up in the morning, you do your practice, you keep your vocal cords strong mm-hmm. and they can, uh, you know, they can take on any storm. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of stress, I mean, do you, you know, do you have those like anxiety moments when you're about to perform or when you're about to, you know, go record a brand new song or are you like familiar with it and you're just like, okay, I've done this a hundred times. I'm okay. <laughs> I know when it comes to recording, you know, today, Thanks to technology, you know, no one really gets to know what exactly is going on behind that mic. So that doesn't stress me out so much. It's a lot of fun. You know, you just have to try and, you know, get under the skin of the song you're doing. Sometimes it comes easy. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes you you choose a certain direction that you want to sing the song in and later you realize maybe I should be singing it like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I never go with a very fixed plan when I'm at a recording. I try to just uh, be more instinctive and let it just, you know, intuitively let it come to me. Let the song uh, get me to sing it, not uh, not me sing the song. But when it comes to a live show, you're always worried, you're always stressed because, you know, there is no second tick there. You have to be at your best uh, when you're singing in front of an audience. 
and uh, so so I have a few, you know, I, I do a little uh, praying to God, God, uh, make sure that the throat goes fine. I, I do a few push-ups to just warm up my voice. I, I you know, whichever is the first song, I, I just practice that scale a little bit. So I'm, you know, in tune with that. And uh, so, yeah, there's a little more anxiety or a pre-performance anxiety when it's live. Uh, but when it comes to doing a recording, um, it's just fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So between the two, if you had to pick your favorite, what is it like performing live or is it recording? What do you prefer most? Uh, no, I mean, it, it. both are fun. Both are challenging. Both are great. And of course, you know, thanks to 2020's COVID situation, performing live is becoming like a distant dream. I performed live in front of an audience after a year in January now, two, two days ago. And it it and I felt so blessed. I felt so like wow, this is what this is what I was this is what I'm meant to do. Mm. So performing live is is a completely different uh, thrill because you know you're, you're you're like the conductor of events. You have to make sure that you know those people there are engaged with your performance and you know you you're being able to immerse them into uh, something just musically. You don't know them. They don't know you that way. You know personally, but you have to hold their attention and make them and transport them. So. So it's it's um, it's a great sense of responsibility also, you know. And people have uh, so 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 life is. I mean, if I have to really really weigh it down, unless it's a great song and I absolutely love the melody, I love the words, and I and I also, uh, you know, sort of uh, I love the the vibe, the people. Then it's always great to dub a song. Uh, but live is always great, no matter what. Whether you're singing for five people or you're singing for five lakhs people, five you know, uh, a bigger audience people. Five lakhs I've never performed for, but <laughs> but yeah, for a bigger audience or a smaller audience, live is live is life. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree with you. So you've been in the industry for quite some time now, and you know you've seen the music evolve and change uh, over time. So you know, what's your take and opinion on that? Like. Um, comparing like the singers back then to now comparing like the music you know there's a lot more remix going on uh, more than original music so what are your thoughts on that no honestly what's happened is that uh, you know over time I mean when we started off uh, CDs had just come in uh, like and you know uh, I, I don't know if you remember there were cassettes and there were CDs and mm -hmm. till about 2000 uh, seven eight nine we were in denial not sure about you know the whole new digital invasion and whether uh, so so that was again a very transition stage where people are still you know printing cds but you know they were kind of dying out eventually it's all gone you don't even have a cd player anymore now or cassette player anymore so obviously you know what happened was once the big difference came when music was not when music went digital the big difference came when music became free anything turns free anything becomes anything loses its uh, value, mm -hmm. uh, it loses its value. And also the what happened was that your audience, your, um, you know, a song, whether it's good or bad, is subjective or not important. Whether it's popular or not was everything. And then what began to happen is that the number of views on YouTube or the number of streaming, uh, the market for music is now um, the average age of your majority of your listeners is between um, is about 16 between 12 to 22 so uh, you know uh, with that you have to understand that your listeners you can't expect a certain maturity level a certain sense of understanding what is the 
depth in the song. Mm. So that's not going to be there. So automatically, you know, when your market is is down to that, um, I'm not saying it's dumbed down. I'm just saying someone at at 16 may not have the same, uh, you know, uh, same maturity as as a person, as a thinker, mm. as he or she would have at at 25 or 26. When you've seen a little more of the world. Uh, wasn't the sort of music that would need a lot of uh, uh, musicianship. You had to keep it simple. You had to keep it fun or, you know, whatever it is. The emotion had to be very obvious. The poetry had to be very um, simple. The, the tunes had to have, like, if you're doing a minor song, just keep it to a minor song. If you're doing a major song, just keep it that way. Don't try to, you know, change the notes too much. So, so what happened was, you know, composers who really wanted to put up their best stuff out there, lost their market singers who wanted to you know try different stuff with their voices just didn't have anyone listen to them because it just wanted to be it just had to be in the pocket simple so that you know that that 15 year old that 14 year old understands it gets it so all love songs or they become dance tracks uh, you know like just like fun frivolous or they have to become these uh, you know like really puppy love sad or you know she hates me, or I hate her, or I wish I got her, or I wish, uh, you know, things were better. It all fell into that same zone, mm-hmm. because of which the, the, this this particular change, when uh, you know there's no value for music, uh, is made a huge difference, and we have to deal with it. We have to try and find that fine line. I can't sit on my high horse and say, oh, now you know what, I can't be making music for this sort of a situation. I have to adapt, and I have to, uh, you know, kind of reinvent myself to make sure that, you know, but the basic emotions are still there. You know, at, at four, you still uh, cry when you feel sad and you do that when you're 42. <laughs> so so the basic emotions are there. You laugh at a joke, uh, no matter what. So you could just have to change the joke, change the emotion, but make sure that, you know, you connect through your music. And that's what I'm trying to do in the last uh, five, six years, because, you know, even Bollywood is going through that whole uh, change and it comes to music. It's become a separate entity. Sorry, I talk a lot. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually lo- loving it. I'm learning so much about, you know, the industry as an artist. I mean, you know, it's it's great. Right. So now, now the industry is, you know, like this, this is my this is my home studio. Uh, I'll just give you a little uh, look at it. This this is it. Now we used to go, you know, I, I, in the 90s when, when, uh, when dad was, uh, you know, still is, but when he was like totally rocking the scene, the studios used to be at least, 40 times the size of this room. Mm-hmm. And today, most average studios are about this much. Everyone has one at home. Yeah. So, you know, making music in isolation has also become easy today because, you know, you you have uh, all the available sounds on, on, on your computers. And as long as, you know, you have... So so the the beauty of getting started today is, is so much easier than earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to have a music company backing you. And beyond that, you have to have a composer who's impressed with your voice. Then you had to have so many skills, you know, uh, even even people skills. When you go there, you meet them, you know, you how you how you salutations to your elders, how you come across with your colleagues. Today, everyone's just sitting at home and you know making music mm-hmm. from home in isolation. It's it's so much easier and it's so much less uh, stressful that way. You can create whatever you want to do. So the advantage for an uh, for an amateur to get started is massive right now. Mm-hmm. than it ever was but to make that shift from from you know making songs at your home putting it out uh on on you know on youtube or, or wherever else is easy anyone can do it but from there to go out there and then become the next big thing is is a herculean task today 
in our times it was easy you had two or three hit songs and suddenly people think hey there's a new singer let's let's call her let's call him let's get him to sing our next song today you can have like 20 big songs and you're still looking out for your 21st uh, song because you know no one's in a way connected with anyone or anything you just have to have that first big super duper hit for people to notice you mm-hmm. or you can keep making music and no one's going to no one's going to really care because they're saying oh what you know the numbers are not so great mm-hmm. you could have the best voice you could make the most beautiful music but no one's impressed because the numbers are not good mm-hmm. or you're not a social media person or you don't have enough uh, followers on insta so any things have got a little everything but music today <laughs> yeah. i i so there talking yeah. about getting I just got real with the whole thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's not the same how it was before, you know, back when music was just music and they would, you know, take you in because of your talent. And now it's just about like, you know, Instagram, your YouTube and how many, you know, listeners you have on Spotify. So I feel like this is a little bit of a downside um for artists, you know, that are trying to um aspire in this generation but you know if sure. you were to give out an advice to them um to get on to that you know next big thing from where they are at like you know putting it out on SoundCloud or YouTube to getting to where you are at to where you know dad is at so what are some of the advices that you would want to give to them it's very difficult the scenario at the moment but i think what's going to be the next big thing is uh, is live music when someone performs uh, a song which is you know just back maybe lightly because then you can't get a big ensemble but you get a, a few musicians in and you in, and you know you do something that that someone looks at or listens to and says hey this is real mm-hmm. and uh, i think that is what's going to be the next big wave of people wanting the real stuff wanting you know and you you got to be smart about it and you put it out saying that this is this is this is live this is real this is happening right now and i would be the first to want to promote and want to push this wave or this this movement where people sing and you know it may not be pitch perfect like it is with when you put it through you know your auto tuning and all that stuff but it's real and we got to get back to uh, real I, i'm holding on to the tag of your show get real i think that's going to be the next big thing and people who can perform live who an audience live people who have a one to one interaction connection with with their audience should be the ones uh, to be promoted should be the ones to be you know taken ahead because that is real talent that is that is the truest way to tell that yes you know the person has it in her has it in her. it doesn't matter whether you if, even if you're doing a cover but you're doing it in your own way you got to have your own uh, stamp you know your own personality in in the way you sing a song and that makes a huge difference if you look at even some of the most popular voices in the west you know they may not be the most uh, uh, you know uh, you know sort of clinically perfect singers but they have a lot of character they have a lot of personality in their voices and which makes a big difference if you can find yourself musically and put it out there live you know then i think that that is the next biggest way to go and you know you're being true to your music so whatever the result you're going to have a great time you're going to enjoy it when you're singing it's the best time you're having right chan absolutely totally <laughs> it's better than yeah it's better than all the you know everything else the thrill of being able to listen to yourself sing better than you were singing yesterday mm-hmm. you know in that moment is for any musician or any singer that is the greatest thrill that is that is uh, 
that is that is more than you know you know being in the biggest house or driving the Porsche car absolutely i mean that is you know getting true and getting real to you to you and to yourself so <laughs> right 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 so before we get on to our game segment my last question is can you please tell us about any of your future and upcoming projects i know that you have so many songs coming out so if you can share some of the things for your fans out there not surely surely i mean i'm i'm like i told you since 2017 i started my own uh, my own music label it was not a label to uh, sort of uh, it was it's nothing commercial it was just that you know um, being a composer's son i had this uh, inkling towards wanting to compose so i used to keep composing songs and i didn't know what to do with it so i said may as well put it out if you know if if people listen to it and like it it's no point keeping it you know in my hard drive mm-hmm. so that's how it all started so it was not a it's not a commercial venture it's not like you know uh, it's it's not doing very well <laughs> let me tell you but i keep putting up songs on my uh, on my own label so there's another song called yakin it's a it's a punjabi song and uh, it's a it's a very soulful uh, romantic song i i always feel if you're putting up a song there should be a reason for it not just because you know you sing so let's put up a song mm-hmm. so the song was about um, it's about you know sometimes we lose our faith on 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 so many things but there's that one person who who we believe in and we hope that that person will still you know hold on to us mm-hmm. and so we keep looking for someone like that someone or something and that's what the song is about that uh, that you know i can deal with anything but if you uh, you know if i agar tujh par yakeen chale jaye to phir duniya par kuch koi yakeen nahi hoga that kind of thing so it's a song on love and commitment and it should be out on the on the 5th of uh, feb uh, i've been singing a few songs here and there for for bollywood also hopefully those movies will be out soon and um, we'll get to hear them but uh, but in the meanwhile is more just uh, non film stuff i'm also doing a, a project of ghazals uh, composed by my father and written by the great nida fazli sahab so so this is again for a very mature audience when i say mature i don't mean uh, uh, an older audience you know <laughs> if you have that that sense and cute you're intrigued by good poetry and good music then then that's an mature uh, listener and that could be someone who's also 15 it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah that could be someone like myself i mean you know i would love yeah. to just check out all your music and i'm super excited for your new song yakin and i'm sure that your fans are absolutely going to love it <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much shani of course all right so now we're going to move on to my favorite game segment um so i have a bunch of questions out here and all you got to do is answer as fast as you can I know it's really morning over there but uh give it your best. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, here we go. One hey. which you always wanted to do but haven't done. Play tennis. Oh, okay. I would I would I always wanted to play tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, that's something. That's something. Now at 48 I think it's it's definitely slipped off my uh agenda but even till even till a few years ago i i keep buying myself these tennis <laughs> rackets and and uh, hope to play tennis but it's not going to happen now i don't know if it's going to happen now yeah i feel you i have a badminton kit over there as well and it's just laying there for quite some time <laughs> <laughs> all right on what occasion do you lie 
Mm, when I'm uh, late to get somewhere and I lie saying I'm almost there, but the traffic is holding me back. <laughs> I keep doing that. <laughs> I won't blame you because I do the same. Sometimes I'm just in the bed. <laughs> like, no. You know, you know, your, your, your dad's dear contemporary, Udaji has a lot of these funny stories of him saying that he's almost there when he's probably in another city sometimes. But yeah, we do that. There you go. And that's... <laughs> so that also happens. <laughs> anyway. Um, which talent would you most like to have? Which talent? Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from singing. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'd, I'd love to have uh, um, uh, juggling. I, I can't juggle. I'd love to have, uh, I'd love to be a juggler. But I'm, I'm not ambidextrous. So, you know, <laughs> when I'm doing one thing, I can only do one thing. I wish I could be, I could juggle. I love to watch people juggling. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really interesting how they do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where they're watching. I, I've tried it, but I'm just useless. <laughs> you could start off by trying with like, you know, fruits like apples or something. <laughs> No playing with fruits, no playing with food. <laughs> but yeah, I'll try, I'll try. All right, what is one of your weirdest habits? Uh, playing Candy Crush. It's, it's weird. I just, I just it's, it's an addiction. I don't know what to do with it. I hate myself for doing this, but I can stay up all night playing Candy Crush. No way, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> all I right. hate it. <laughs> What would you be doing right now if it weren't for the pandemic? Um, uh, it hasn't really stopped me from doing much, I'll tell you that. But uh, um, yeah, I'd be traveling. I'd be doing a lot of live shows, which is something that, you know, is missing. I'd, I'd be catching those morning flights, getting to, to, to another city, uh, you know, kind of planning the set and singing there and then finishing the show then having a couple of pints with my friends after the show with the band and then coming back home I'd be doing a lot more of that which has not been happening at all <laughs> absolutely um tell us one thing people don't know about you I mean in all these years I, I I've never really hidden anything so that's um I'm a romantic I'm a diehard romantic I I I still believe uh this place can be a better place and 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 i i still think that there's a lot we can we should do uh, for for people around us for for the new generation and and uh, you know so yeah i'm a dad optimist <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do, doing stuff in social cause i always wanted to be a politician until i realized being a politician may not be the right answer if you want to do good <laughs> so uh, but yeah i, I really want to put in some good solid work uh, towards uh, giving back to society and that has been a pent-up feeling inside me and I do do it in bits and bobs but I, I would love to just leave everything and do this uh, for a while but let's see how that goes yeah I've given myself till 50 <laughs> post 50 that's gonna happen <laughs> yeah I mean it's never too late to join politicians so why not <laughs> yeah 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 but it seems it changes you I mean a lot of good people have done and then it kind of engulfs you and then it takes you in and then it changes you as a person so I don't know whether I want to get into politics but definitely get into you know doing uh, social good for sure absolutely. in a full-time way in a <laughs> full-time way absolutely 
And one last question before we take a leave. One embarrassing moment from your life. Uh, lots of embarrassing moments in my life. I don't want to mention it now. So I'll choose the least embarrassing <laughs> one, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. There was one that's on camera. It was very funny. I, I won the award for Bheti Hava Sathavo. And I, you know, uh, had, we had a big party. I just turned 40. So we were in Goa, all of us. And we, you know, partied out. I just took a flight, came back. And I went there to receive the award and suddenly Salman Khan tells me that, you know, why don't you sing the song? And I was like, Bheti Hava! <laughs> My throat was so bad. <laughs> so, and I realized that it's going to go on TV and people are going to say, oh my God, this clown won the award. Look at him sing now. So that was, that was, that was really embarrassing. I try not to watch that video. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> well, can I request a song from you? Or like it's for your fans. It's gonna it's gonna repeat that embarrassing moment, but uh, no, why not? One, I could sing a song. I could sing a song. Shan, any song that you? Um, okay, I'll just I'll just sing whatever comes to my head at the moment, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that was so <laughs> amazing. Oh my gosh. You were uh, no, no, like, is... I had a bad throat, you know, I just woke up, but that was amazing. That was no. like my performance <laughs> right there. No, but a bit of a 20 minute Riaz would, would have definitely helped. But, uh, but yeah, you got to, you know, put to the test, you got to put up whatever you have and put it into the best of your ability. So that wasn't, but I thank, thank you for the compliments anyway. No, thank of you. course. And I'm sure your fans would absolutely love, love, love to hear that. So I'm really excited. And thank you so much once again for being on the show. I had so much fun. I got to hear you live. I heard about your embarrassing story. I heard about your journey. <laughs> thank you so much. And I love, love your personality. You're like such an amazing person. You're always smiling, laughing. Um, you know, it's just amazing. Thank you, Shannon. And and before I leave, I must uh, get you to promise me we must do a we must do an English song together. That's something yeah. I've always wanted to do, and I have done a little bit, but not enough. So uh, you know what? Got to help me with the accent that that it doesn't sound terrible. But I'd love to sing in English with you. Absolutely. And in return, I will get you to sing a Hindi song with me. We'll do a trade-off. <laughs> okay, that's a deal. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank so you. Great, Shannon. Lovely talking to you. Enjoy the weather there. And I know it's lovely at the moment in, in LA. It's crisp and uh, clear skies and all that. So enjoy it. The great, weather. Shannon. <laughs> Lots of love to the family. Thank I know Dad has come back here. Dad's here now. Yeah. You know, he, I, I spent the last uh, night with him before he left uh, for LA. Mm -hmm. He cooked me a wonderful, wonderful uh, meal. He cooked me his special biryani, which I really, really am missing. I, I need to catch up with him and 
<laughs> I know they'll cook for me again, but <laughs> I'll try and talk him into it. And all the best, Shannon, for all the wonderful music that you're, you know, whipping up, you're, you're creating, and um, my best wishes with you. And um, um, Sean Uncle's always around. Anything, anytime. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah.